You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. In the last few episodes, we've been taking a little bit of a tour first around the nervous system and how that works after trauma and the fact that that kind of hijacks us in moments in our protection, but maybe kind of getting in our way these days. And so we looked at how all that worked and then we followed it up by looking at an advancing neuroscience called memory consolidation, which can basically take those trauma responses away, remove those uh, trauma responses completely. So you no longer have to manage it. You no longer have to put up with having to cope with it, but you get rid of it completely so that you remember that the event occurred, but it no longer triggers you. Now, if you've missed those episodes, you can listen to the last one and the three before that in order to have a catch up. But what I'm going to look at in this episode is how does memory reconsolidation actually work? Because I've spoken about this method, really, um, this innate mechanism that the brain has, its own process of change that's already built into us. But how does that actually work? Well, I'm going to break that down to you into three basic steps. And so what I'm going to look at is, first of all, we're going to look at how a magic trick works. Secondly, we're going to look at the process of magic tricks. And I mean by that like stage magic as applied to trauma. And then what we're going to be looking at is what the impact is then on you once that's taken place. So what happens in a magic trick, the magic trick applied to trauma, and then what happens for you once that's been completed. So first of all, let's look at what the three steps of a magic trick are, because when we think about memory reconsolidation, it's a, it's a good analogy to think of a magic trick. Because a magic trick always has three particular steps. Now, you might not have thought of this before or broken it down in this way. But if you look at any kind of magician in future, you'll notice that they always do the same three steps. First of all, they somehow manage to lure your brain into making a prediction. Secondly... There's some kind of bridge event. So something happens that acts as a bridge between that prediction and what's about to happen next. And thirdly, the prediction that your brain was making gets broken by the magician. And so in that moment, the brain is surprised. Now, every magic trick has to involve those three steps. Your brain has to make a prediction about what it expects to happen, what should happen. Secondly, there's some sort of bridge event. And thirdly, the brain has that prediction broken. And so there's that moment of surprise. So to put that into an actual context, then for a magic trick, let's think of the old rabbit in the hat. 
So with the old rabbit in the hat trick, I mean, obviously, we our, expecta- our expectation of the rabbit in the hat trick is, is that we kind of know what's going to happen now. It's kind of uh, blasé, really, isn't it, our approach to it? But imagine if you'd never seen that before. So for that particular magic trick, our brain sees the magician put a rabbit in a hat. And we know the laws of physics, you know, even if we're not physicians. We know how the world kind of works. So if you put a rabbit in a hat, our brain makes a prediction that show us the inside of that hat in a couple of minutes time. And guess what's going to be there? Well, a rabbit, of course. And so by doing this, the magician has very openly lured the brain into expecting something, to having a belief around something. And so when we have a belief, our belief is also a prediction. Our belief is our expectation of how things are going to be in the world. And so the magician puts the rabbit in the hat and we think, okay, so there's going to be a rabbit in that hat. And then secondly, there's that bridge bridge event that I mentioned. And so in magic, stage magic, the magician will say, abracadabra, and will wave the little magic wand. So that's the bridge event that joins the prediction with the breaking of the prediction. And then that third step is that the rabbit's gone. So this is where the prediction gets broken. They show us the inside of the hat, and if we'd never seen this trick before, our brain would be really surprised. And in that moment, the brain gets really interested. And it's, it's almost forced to pay some attention to that anomaly. So we've seen those three steps then applied to a magic trick. The brain makes a prediction. There's a bridge event. And then that prediction gets broken. And so we're surprised. And so we're going to apply that now when it comes not to making a rabbit disappear, but to making the effects of trauma disappear because it actually works in a very, very similar way with memory reconsolidation. Now, memory reconsolidation is not a magic trick, of course, and the therapist is no magician. This is a brain mechanism. So it's simply how the brain works. Whenever the brain wants to update its learning about anything, really, it will use this mechanism. And so it's how the brain works when it comes to being able to rewrite old trauma responses. But nonetheless, the same three steps are going on. So first, the brain makes a prediction. And so the brain's prediction is that if something in the now resembles what happened during the trauma, then you actually need the trauma response. That's essentially what the brain's prediction is saying. So even if it's very subtle, If the brain notices something now that resembles the traumatic time, in order to try and protect you, its prediction is, ah, you need the trauma response now. You need to start getting ready to move into fight or flight because this is dangerous. Even if it isn't, you know, it might be a faulty prediction in this this instance and often is when it's based on really old data. 
like a long time ago, but effectively the same thing is happening as when the magician put a rabbit in the hat. The brain logs that and makes a prediction. The second step is that bridge event. Now in the bridge event, the therapist and the client work together to discover or create an experience that is going to disconfirm that prediction. Now in a magic trick, it's abracadabra. With our work, it's going to be quite a bit more involved than that. And the bridge event will last a little bit longer than simply waving a magic wand. But nonetheless, what we're doing here is we're working to discover or create an experience that is going to break that old prediction that is getting in your way today. And once we do that, we end up in that third step where the prediction actually is broken and the brain is surprised, just like when the magician showed the inside of the top hat and there was no rabbit there, the brain is surprised and once again is forced to pay some attention to that anomaly. So let me go over that again. Step one, the brain makes a prediction. So this is your kind of belief system, I suppose, because every belief is also a prediction about what is expected to happen in the world. So if something resembles the trauma in the current world, even if it's actually safe, the brain will make a prediction that you're going to need that trauma response, which is why you might feel the anxiety or the shutdown. Secondly, we work together in order to create an experience that will that will disconfirm that prediction, that will break that prediction. And then finally, the brain is surprised by the breaking of the prediction that it pays real attention to the anomaly. And that surprise moment is the important one because in that moment of surprise, what happens then physiologically in the brain is that that pathway that held the old trauma responses now gets opened up. It's now able to be rewritten. Now, remember, this is not metaphor. This is really what's happening in our brains when this happens. And so what happens then is that we have a four to five hour window where that brain pathway is open and ready to be rewritten with something new, with the kind of emotional and autonomic nervous system responses that you actually want rather than the ones that you got stuck with from what happened to you all those years ago. Now, the way that we achieve this can happen in a number of different ways. So it's very, very flexible. It could happen through um, conversation. It could happen as a result of certain kinds of questions that are going to bring about something that breaks the prediction. It can often even happen through imaginal work where you'll have an imaginal experience that gives the nervous system what it needs rather than what it got, give you what you needed rather than what you got. So things can play out differently in the imagination. The nervous system, strangely, but it's true, takes pretty much as much notice of those imaginal experiences as a real one. And so in those ways, the nervous system can basically get that element of surprise itself. And so change the prediction, basically, from this is not safe to actually it wasn't safe then, but it's really safe now.
And so what happens is, once this kind of magic trick applied to trauma has taken place, is that the old trauma, just like the rabbit in the hat, has vanished. And it's vanished, like I've said on previous episodes, in the same way that a song vanishes when you overwrite it on an old cassette tape. Maybe an old recording of you on a cassette tape gets overwritten. Well, it's gone, isn't it? It doesn't matter how many times that cassette tape had been played in the past. It doesn't matter that the trauma is meant to be entrenched. It doesn't matter how often it's played out because once it's overwritten, it's gone. And the key thing is it's gone for good. And so memory consolidation is so very different to other approaches to therapy because what it does, it recognises that the brain actually has a built-in mechanism for overwriting these trauma responses that are no longer needed. And so what we have to do as therapists and the two of us as well in terms of working together is what we have to do is simply create that moment where the old prediction gets broken and the brain and the nervous system notices this anomaly, notices that the rabbit is not actually in the hat. And then in that four to five hour window that follows, we can actually rewrite that. Now, the rewriting is a straightforward process as well because it's essentially a repetition. So if you're doing imaginal work, we just repeat the imaginal experience that was giving your nervous system that prediction breaker. So it's not a scary process by any means. It's just a case of repeating the thing that broke. So the magician might, for instance, as magicians often do, is they'll keep showing you the inside of the hat where there's no rabbit. They might even remind you of what happened, that they put the rabbit in the hat, but look, it's gone. And so that repetition takes place even in a magic trick. And so it does with memory reconsolidation. Now, the end result of this is that you will still remember your story. You will still remember your history and what happened to you. But the key thing that will be different is that you'll no longer have a response to that event in your history. You'll remember it, but you'll respond in a way which feels calm and which feels resourceful to you in the present moment. And of course, your nervous system will still work for you. But our nervous systems, you know, were designed to work in the present, really. So if there's any danger now, in the here and now, that's when it's meant to respond. Once our nervous system is responding to old data that is no longer true, then, of course, it's just getting in our way. And so the end result of this relatively straightforward process is that the trauma is actually gotten rid of. And what that means is that it's gone for good. And because it's been overwritten, you don't have to do any work to maintain it being gone. If you don't like a song on a cassette tape and you write over it with a different song, you never have to do any work or habits or maintenance routines to make sure that you don't hear that awful song again. It's just gone and requires no further effort. And that's the wonderful thing, I think, about memory reconsolidation, because 
Why should people who have already gone through something and already had to suffer have these extra jobs to do in adult life to try and cope, to try and keep things at bay? With memory consolidation, it's gone for good, so it doesn't need habits, it doesn't need maintenance. After all, life's busy enough without having to keep our trauma at bay. And so that's one of the things that really attracts me to this way of work, because if there are different ways that we can make change, why not go for the one, which means that it's gone for good, where you won't have to keep battling it, you won't have to keep this thing at bay. And it'll be pretty much as if the traumatic thing didn't happen at all, at least to your nervous system, that you'll remember it and you won't have a triggered response anymore. If you found this episode useful, please do share it so other people can get the benefits as well. If you'd like to work with me directly, I'm Alan Parry, and you can find more about me at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And of course, you don't have to be local to me because I work online, so you can be based absolutely anywhere. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast as well, because it's absolutely free and it means that you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks for listening and I'll see you again on the next one.